good to be here at St. Bartholomew's this morning. Good for us to be gathered for the worship of Almighty God. Good for us to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ who has risen from the dead. And good for us to have this opportunity to connect as bishop and congregation on the uh, occasion of the bishop's annual visitation. I am grateful for your welcome this morning, extended to me and to my wife Caroline, who is here also this morning. Uh, we are grateful for this hospitality, uh, but I am grateful uh, for your leadership as a congregation uh, here at St. Bartholomew's, your leadership in the Diocese of Tennessee. And I'm, I'm very mindful right now that this is a transitional time in the life of St. Bartholomew's. I think that's putting it mildly. Uh, it's amazing how often the bishop's uh, visitation happens to actually coincide with a transition in the life of the congregation. So uh, this is certainly the case. So this is uh, an exciting time, an exciting time of new life. And it bears on uh, leadership, your leadership, in uh, your uh, ability and willingness to, to call uh, Joshua Condon to be your new rector. You know, thank you for not only providing uh, great leadership for St. Bartholomew's, but also a fine priest for the Diocese of Tennessee. So we are grateful to you all for your leadership. And we are grateful also, mindful again, of the transitional time of uh, uh, the gifts of leadership that are more broadly shared in the congregation. We are incredibly grateful to Serena Sides for her leadership in this transitional time. It's really been a, a tremendous gift. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you all are properly thankful for that. It is uh, tr tremendous. Uh, what a gift. And thank you, Serena, for that gift of leadership. Uh, also grateful, of course, to your vestry, which had something to do with the call of your new rector. We want to give them uh, credit as well for their leadership, uh, the gifts of discernment that are always called upon when you are making that kind of decision uh, uh, in a congregation. So we're grateful to them for their leadership. And also, of course, mindful that uh, the last few years have been challenging ones for leaders of all kind. Uh, you know, both more broadly in our society, in our, uh, in our country, uh, and, uh, but also in the church as well. These have been extraordinary times that have called for uh, tremendous gifts of leadership. So we're grateful to your, to your vestry at St. Bartholomew's and also for their good stewardship of the resources that have been given you all here at St. Bartholomew's for the mission and ministry of the church. And grateful as well to the host of folks who are involved in the ministry of this congregation, both professionals, but also volunteers. It really does take so many gifts of leadership uh, in a congregation to resource the ministries that are going on in a church like St. Bartholomew's. So thank you to all of those folk. Uh, but also I'm grateful to you all who are here today for your leadership in at St. Bartholomew's and in the Diocese of Tennessee because you all are the ones who have turned out and shown up here today and are making it possible for us to be the church here at this time in this place. And it doesn't matter if you have been coming to this service forever or 
whether maybe God brought you here for the first time to St. Bartholomew's this morning. Whatever your circumstances, you are all leaders uh, in the mission and ministry of the church. And again, I'm grateful to you for that tremendous gift of leadership and faith. It is truly good for us to be together here at St. Bartholomew's this morning. From our gospel reading this morning, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. It's amazing how a familiar gesture or an intonation of voice or even a characteristic phrase can bring someone back into our memory. You know, suddenly we'll remember, we'll remember a person. The gesture or phrase is so evocative that the person seems to be right in front of us. They, they say that our sense of smell is the most powerful one when it comes to calling something to mind, but almost anything can act as a trigger when it comes to memory. St. Augustine called the memory a vast, immeasurable sanctuary with prodigious power. And I think that's I think that's right. It's a storehouse with hidden depths. Sometimes the person or event we are recalling is distant in time and space, buried deep indeed. Yet in spite of this, through the power of memory, that prodigious power that Augustine talks about, through the power of memory, it's clearly present in our mind's eye. In our gospel today, it is a customary action that causes the two disciples on the road to Emmaus to recognize that the person who has been traveling with them is Jesus himself. While walking, the unknown stranger has been discussing events in Jerusalem with them, not only Jesus' crucifixion, but also the rumor that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive. Yet, as our gospel says, the two disciples do not recognize him. It's only when they break their journey for dinner that his identity is revealed. Even though they have been talking about him, they don't see him. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. It's in the characteristic context of the meal and the familiar words of the blessing and the evocative gesture of blessing and breaking that the disciples come to recognize Jesus. Consider the different times the disciples shared meals with Jesus, times when he presided at table with them. The Gospel of Luke, which also contains, of course, our Gospel reading, the Emmaus story, gives us a couple of occasions in particular when Jesus shares the meal. The first is the feeding of the 5,000. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to his disciples. 
Then again, on the night before his betrayal and death at the Last Supper, then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, the meal on the road to Emmaus is the same sort of event. The disciples recognize Jesus in the giving of thanks and the breaking of bread, actions they have shared with him many times before. It's the familiar words and gestures, part of the pattern of past experience with him that makes the connection. The man that they have been traveling and talking with is, in fact, the Lord himself. But note the difference between this experience of the risen Lord and the power of memory invoked at the beginning of this sermon. A gesture or word can bring a person to mind, but what happens on the road to Emmaus is more than a mere reminder of Jesus. The disciples aren't just remembering. They are encountering the risen Lord. They see that it is Jesus. Memory helps them make the connection, but they are not conjuring up a a phantom or just evoking a pleasant memory. They are in the presence of the man himself, raised from the dead. Our celebration of the Eucharist this morning is part of the same pattern that we see with Jesus' feeding of the 5,000, the Last Supper, and the dinner on the road of our gospel today. For the gospel writer Luke, the breaking of the bread is a term for the early Christian Eucharist, telescoped back into those earlier meals. Here today, here today, we encounter the risen Lord, not in his resurrection body, but sacramentally, through the sign of his body and blood. Jesus is alive, not dead, and is really present in our midst to be recognized and encountered. The encounter is meant to be transformative. We're not just sightseeing. We're not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures. Our hearts are meant to burn within us this morning as well. As we encounter him at St. Bartholomew's Church, as we celebrate this Eucharist. What will God do with those hearts of love that have been enkindled today? We're not engaged in tricks of memory this morning, but we are encountering the risen Lord, the living Lord, made known to us in the breaking of the bread. 
And now to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us ascribe as is most justly due all might, power, majesty, and dominion this day and forever.